Hello everyone, welcome. Before we get started, I just wanted to tell you something, that because this is our first podcast, we ended up going a very, very long time. We actually ended up recording three full hours of content. So we thought it would be a little bit too long for just an hour and a half podcast. So we decided to cut this in half, and we're going to have part one and part two. And we're going to get that started with part one right here. I hope you enjoy. Everybody and welcome to We Are Doomed, a soccer ranger podcast where we focus on conventions, cosplays, and nerdum in general. I'm Cole. I'm the Green Ranger. I'm Robert. I'm your Red Ranger, and I'm Tyler. I'm the Black Ranger. We are a set of friends that pretty much decided that that we've been cosplaying for a couple of years and taking part in different conventions. That we figured we should get together a little bit more often and talk about our. Well, just and just our experiences and everything that we see and what we think would be helpful to others. So, how about we just talk about where how we met and kind of how we got into the cons that you see? And how about that? I'd like to bring up first, though. Yes. Um, we must do a disclaimer that this, in fact, will not be helpful to others. Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably not. Don't get your hopes up. Yeah, don't get yeah. your hopes up. There is no nutritious content to this at all, folks. Okay, this. We may say that we, we hope that we help you, but there probably won't be any helping whatsoever. Yeah. If anything, oh, well. that may be worse for you. <laughs> well, here's a funny doctor. Fact. I'm eating Bigfoots right now, and they have both left and right feet. Congratulations. We're Canadian. Anyway. I thought they were just like one foot. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> Anyways, let's talk about how we all kind of – we all got into the con scene and how we each met each other. Uh, back in 2011, I decided that I – kind of wanted to start getting into cosplay. I watched a couple of videos on YouTube. I'd, I'd seen a lot of amazing pictures and stuff like that of people going to cons. And I'm like, this sounds cool. And then about, um, about a couple of weeks later, I'm, I kind of go up to Tyler. And, he, and before I can even ask him, he's like, hey, so I, do you want to go to this cosplay or go to a convention? I'm like, well, I was just about to talk to you about that. So we ended up going to Seattle, where we went for several years doing different cosplays before we actually met Robert who had been doing this a lot longer than either of us. About, uh, let's see here. At that point, I've been doing it for nine, nine years. And then you guys had to ruin it for me. <laughs> yeah, and you've been going, you've been to a lot different more cons than us because we've just stuck to local cons and our, and soccer con in Seattle. Yeah, we don't really I, have local cons here either, though. So. At that point, yeah. Yeah, because you guys are where Saskatoon? Yeah, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Yeah, in yeah, the for middle anybody? of nowhere. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, for anybody that's not aware, that's not just the name of a place from the Bugs Bunny cartoons. It actually exists, apparently. Named after a berry. Indeed it is. And now I learned something. And we're an hour and a half away from a city called Moose Jaw. It's named after a part of a moose. Indeed it is. There may actually be some nutritious content to this conversation anyway. Mm. Okay, cool. In any case, um, how we met. Several years ago, I had gotten re-addicted to Power Rangers. They were- oh, I thought everybody say crack. <laughs> No, no, no. Uh, I got re-addicted to um, to Power Rangers, the original series, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And I'd always been a fan of the Green Ranger. 
So I looked online and was like, okay, I've seen a lot of these cool little cos uh, these cosplays and people building versus because there's no way I can build this. So I got online and ended up finding Aniki cosplay, and I proceeded to kind of measure out and figure out how like my own custom order. And Tyler, you got interested in this as well, didn't you? Yeah. Well, you talked about it, and it's like, man, I I could I could be the Black Ranger. He was my favorite Ranger, so. Yeah, and you so you, we kind of all got it organized. We got all the measurements done, and I sent that out to Anarchy. And we're like, okay, we can definitely cosplay it this year. Of course, with our luck, our costumes didn't show up until the day after we left for the convention. So <laughs> we ended up not really having much to do with that, co- that costume for that particular year. But yeah. that's where the story gets interesting. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, that particular year we went, and we were like, okay, we dressed up in random costumes and had Man, okay. No, yeah, for costumes that year, you made, like, your own original costume. Yeah, we're and kind of magician. I made I made a Mugen from... Yeah, Samurai you did Mugen. Yeah, you did Mugen that year. Did that in, like, a week. I just like, oh, shit, I need a costume now, because I don't think someone's going to get here. So I was like, I always want to be Mugen. I'm just going to make that. And then you bought a sword, switched it out for a wooden sword. Yeah, because I wanted to, like, brandish the sword around. And you can't do that with metal blades, so I took it out and put a wood one in. Also, it didn't help that we were flying. <laughs> oh, no, actually, that helped a lot, because that sword's really easy to transport. No, no, I meant it was probably wouldn't it would have been a good, better idea to send a wood blade than it was a metal blade. Oh, no, it would security. <laughs> would not have made a difference. Uh, okay. <laughs> I hope you're right there, because I had an issue trying to transport my Sid Spear just between uh, Seattle and uh, trying to remember what airport I flew into. I want to say San Jose, but I could be mistaken there. Here. I had, I, I had the, the suitcase or no, the thing I had it, all my whole costume in, it got searched every time because they mm-hmm. looked at it and were like, this thing looks weird. And so they just opened it up. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. I got to San Jose. I went and opened up my bag in the hotel room, and there was a nice little note from the TSA going and saying, yeah, you can't go and ship PVC tubes. It's not a good idea, pal. So yeah. they're, they're just gone. Half of my costume is just gone. Wow. Oh, they kept my costume. They just they had a little note in there that says, hey, we looked through your shit. Yeah. Or they did it in front of you. Uh, Both, yeah. But anyway, um, so moving on from there, though, the next year we were like, okay, we have our costumes. They look awesome. They fit. Let's, should we join this thing called cosplay chess? Would you mind if I cut in here? Because I got to say, my perspective on things on this whole thing is just insane. <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, this is what we'll, we'll, we'll just start. Before you go and jump into yours, we'll tell you kind of our little bit of history with it. Yeah. So for the three years that we had been going to the con, we were like, We've been we've been able to get into the what, both Dude. the late night and to the end oh, game yeah. every single year. Uh, it was like two three years, wasn't it? Yeah, no, I thought um, it was. We went for like two years and we watched both of them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We would go. And, we'd and, watch both of them. Yeah. And then we were like, "Hey, that looks fun. We could, we could try that. We're funny." And so we both applied as Power Rangers because we that year we were like, they, they, we have good costumes that we actually can get pictures and we really can prove it." So and then this is where it got interesting, Robert. From what was your from your angle? What was the style that brought you guys to actually doing Rangers that year? Okay, so a couple of months previous to that, I was at another convention, and I'll admit I was coming out of a little bit of a, a con funk. I just wasn't really feeling it anymore, and I heard that the Power Rangers 20th anniversary was coming up. Uh, the following year. And that was kind of exciting for me. It was my favorite show as a kid. I still kept up with it, you know, missed a couple of years worth of seasons, although now I'm fully caught up. The addiction has gotten much stronger than it used to be. Mm -hmm. Um, I will fully admit that right now. 
but at a previous convention, I had picked up this cheap Red Ranger outfit with this stupid plastic helmet. It even had muscles on it. This thing was absolutely horrible. I've seen those. Those things are funny as as heck. They're like, oh my you God. watch a full-grown uh, adult wear one of those, and you're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. We actually met a guy on the uh, on the train, actually, that had that exact costume. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Uh, but, yeah, so I did it at this other convention, and I actually met uh, Robert Axelrod, who some people might remember as the voice of Lord Zed. Uh, you lucky fucker. Oh, God. Uh, I'll tell you more about that story later. That does not have anything to do with this, but um, – I just had such a great time and people were really receptive to it. So I started thinking to myself, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do this at soccer con. And I'm thinking the soccer con this year is going to be my last year. I just don't think I've got any more in me. Uh, I'm ditching all my plans for like bucket list costumes and all that stuff. It's like, you know what? I'm just going to go and put in the money. I'm going to go and make my helmet. I'm going to go and order up a more professional suit, uh, which unfortunately didn't come in time. I got a notice that it was going to be delayed. So I ended up going and ordering a cheaper one from uh, more Morph suits. Woo! Yeah. Um, but yeah, this other convention, some other friends of mine were like, that really worked out really well. I'd, I'd like to do this again. And my best friend, John, um, who hopefully will be joining us on one of these podcasts. Oh, definitely. It would be fun to have John in here. I'd yeah, like definitely. to have Paul on here too. Yeah, mm, that'd definitely cool. <laughs> yeah no, definitely. Definitely. Hey, but, uh, Paul we were all too. So yeah. Ah, cool. That'll be a fun topic. Um, but yeah, so me and some friends got together and we were like, you know what, uh, John's been trying to get us into cosplay chess for a couple of years now. I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go and apply. We're going to see what happens. Um, so me and uh, four other friends got together and said, okay, we're all going to apply for cosplay chess as the Power Rangers. We're going to have a full set going here. Did, so you, know, all- did you know Dane at this, at this point? No, that's where things get really crazy here. So Let him do his story. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, we- <laughs> It's cool. It's cool. Cool. People at this point, if they're still listening, God bless you people. Cause I love you and we're only going to get better. So thank you. Thank you so much already. <laughs> Indeed. Um, but yeah, so we all went and put in our applications and it was right before the deadline. We got on this pretty late. I hate to go and say, so we put in our applications and we think, okay, we're in good shape. And like the day after applications close, I got an email from Amanda, lovely Amanda, who runs the co- uh, cosplay chest at SakuraCon. Wonderful person. Love her to death. Cannot emphasize that enough. Uh, Both the love and the death. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, you think these platitudes will keep her from killing us for even mentioning her in these situations? Yes, indeed. I don't know. I should certainly hope so. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she sends me a message saying that one of her regulars is cosplaying the Blue Ranger and was wondering if me and my friends would be interested in doing it. And the Blue Ranger that we had lined up can be a little bit on the flaky side. We weren't 100% sure he was going to be into it. So. Have we met this Blue Ranger? Uh, yes, and I'll tell you who that is. <laughs> Later. <laughs> okay. Yes, exactly, because he will be listening to this. Um, anyway, hey, so the whole my whole group went and agreed, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll go and work with this other guy. It'd be nice to have a regular since none of us that were doing this had ever done cosplay chess before. So I sent back an email saying that we agreed and are going to be really looking forward to this. So send in the application. A couple of months later, they come out with who made the cut. Now, by uh, the way, we will say this, Lou, that we had never, ever met you before this point, correct? Yeah, never met you before. Had no, I had no idea Canadians showed up to this convention. I know that sounds really ignorant, but well, like, it's kind I, of it's funny you say that though because Vancouver is like right there. So I know, I, well, I, I should say that part of Canada. Yeah, Vancouver. I. I don't know. I consider that part of like Bellingham, quite honestly. Cause <laughs> it's, seriously, it's five minutes over the border. Okay, it's 
Bellingham is part of Canada, and Canada or in uh, Victoria is part of Bellingham, as far as I'm concerned. It's all the same thing to me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, there's two Vancouver's in that area, so yeah, yeah very true, very true. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Um, so having never expected there to be any sort of miscommunication or issue, we found out something kind of interesting when the casting list went and came out for who was going to be in what pieces. I saw two last names that I could not possibly pronounce uh, next to mine on the casting list. And we were all in the same piece. Yep. Yeah. So we had... uh, Trust me, me and Tyler were just as confused. We were two pieces. Yeah, we were two different pieces. So Bishops, if I remember correctly. So Dane and Rob were the main pieces, and Cole and I were both uh, their assistants, as it was on the thing. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it turns out what happened is all of the other rangers that I had put in applications for got lost. Okay. Huh. So, that's that's what we figured out. At least that's what we think happened here because there was a lot of applications that got lost. There was something wrong with the form that year. This happens every year, though, that, that the uh, applications get eight. Yeah. Although they've now figured out on how to go and at least track that stuff because most of them are just finding their way into a spam filter now, it seems like. So, it, mm. we figured out something. Things. I mean, this is a nonprofit organization that runs this thing, so there's bound to be a couple of little issues here oh, and definitely. there, and none of us have any issues with it. We understand how it works. Oh, totally. Um, but yeah, so we had absolutely no idea what was going to happen here. I, I dare go and say Dane and I have had conversations at other conventions because I unfortunately can't meet up with uh, Tyla or Cole constantly. Uh, but Dane and I have met up in other conventions, and apparently both of us have this exact same thought. It's like, who the heck are these guys? I, <laughs> we haven't seen last names like that before, so we got no idea where they're from. We got no idea of nationalities or anything like that. Um, I guess and that's I will, true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, little, then you get, I'm, I'm guessing then you got an email from Tyler saying, hey, do you want to start planning stuff? Yeah. I was like, okay, they speak English. This is a great start. <laughs> Here's a little thing uh, from where we're from. Um, last names like that are pretty common. Oh, I'm yeah. sure it is. Yeah, and they're I... all Ukrainian-based or Polish. Uh, or German. Or German. East, Eastern Eastern Europe. Where that's, that's what really settled this area. So. Yeah, around this area, it's mostly German, Ukrainian, a little bit of Polish, and French. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm not probably many sounding... French. There's not that many French. Uh, there's a few. There's a lot of farmers that are French. Uh, not that many. Oh, no. The Hutterites speak mostly German. So. Yeah, good point. A very anyway, broken German. Anyway, back to the actual important stuff. Yeah, so at this point, I'm probably sounding really racist to everybody, and I promise you I'm not, but just go with me here, because these are honest concerns. When you're doing something like this, you have no idea on who these people are. You just don't don't recognize the names. Exactly, yeah. When you've got so many names, because you expect to go and see a couple of the Asian names and, you know, a couple of... uh, more of the Western European titles and whatnot, uh, and last names... uh, Gray, uh, Smith, all that kind of stuff. And then you go and see the, yeah, exact cook, another one there. We had a couple of cooks that year, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. I remember making a joke about that. Um, Too many cooks in the kitchen. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that joke being made as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, My soul died a little bit there again. Uh, Okay. What soul? Yeah, so we had no idea what to expect of each other. And Tyla was the one that actually initiated conversation and went and kind of got us together. And we set up a Skype call. And once again, just going to Dane and my perspective, because we've talked about this since, 
we're sweating bullets because we got no idea what to expect on this whole thing. And am I going to be able to work with these guys? Are we going to be able to coordinate ideas properly? Are we going to be able to make this as epic as Power Rangers honestly can be? I know some people will probably look at that statement a little bit weird, but really go back and watch that stuff. I mean, as cheesy and corny as it is, there is something epic about that series. And we wanted to go and communicate that as much as possible. At least Dane and I did. And now I know that you guys did as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got on this Skype call. And uh, what was it? Three and a half hours later, we went and hung up and uh, we're like, we are going to wreck this. Yeah, year. that was actually, I remember, because Dane joined us a little bit later. And we actually, it wasn't until a little bit later that we actually realized who Dane was and that we recognized him as an actual regular. Yeah. Um, oh, right, because you guys wouldn't have known that. Only I knew that from the... Uh, from the uh, email I got from Amanda, right? Yeah, yeah, because we had only, the only reason we recognized him after the fact was after we saw his picture for the first time, and both me and Ty were like, wait a second, wasn't that Speed Racer last year? And we're like, or something like that, or something along those lines. And I remember we had this whole conversation about it, and we're like, okay, are we, who are these guys? We have no idea who these people, these guys are. And I remember we started, we had gotten the, the move list out, and we were started to talk about it. We got who was included, and we were like, okay, I think we can do this. And then we started the call, phone call, and we just started meshing. It was in ridiculously how easy it was. Yeah. And um, started cracking jokes. This is this is how I remember it. Um, mm-hmm is that I remember talking with you, Rob, first. And I remember Dane was busy or something. Yeah. Uh, it was you you and John, I think, were both on the same call, because I think he was there. He was helping, helping you something. make something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember what the hell I was going and making. Cardboard, you were making the... I think uh, you were making a Zord. A I Zord. think you were making the Zord. Oh, no, we were uh, we were making John's Hero Man outfit for that year. Oh, yeah. That's what it was, yes. Yeah, yeah, we were working on that. We were uh, working on some detail work on that thing. Um, got it. <laughs> that was awesome. Okay, I continued, Tyler. Um, okay, so what I remember is you didn't know Dane then either. Uh, no. We, we looked up his name, and then it was you who was the one who was like, wait a second, that name sounds really familiar. And you're like, I think this guy's like a heavy hitter. Like, he's a, he's a guy who's been doing this for a while. Yeah. And so yeah, it I knew was, he was a regular, but I didn't know exactly who he was, but I recognized the name. Um, so, like, when did when did you meet Dane then, like? Like you said, you you went you saw him at cons or something. Well, I, I've seen him at other cons since our first one because we're relatively close in proximity. Um, I live in what I'll refer to as the Seattle area. It's not quite that, but it's what most people would identify with. It's what most people could find on a map. And he lives in the Portland area, so we've done a couple of conventions together over the years. Um, we've met a few times now at Komori Con, um, Aki Con when that was still a big deal. Uh, and SakuraCon, obviously, PAX, uh, met him the last two years at PAX. That's been really cool with him because he's more of a gamer than an anime guy. But you wouldn't guess that he is so intense with everything he does. God damn it. Why isn't Dane on this call? Because <laughs> he'll fall asleep. He's too busy being intense somewhere. Yeah, he's too busy at a con right now. We'll definitely get him in a different another call. Um, yeah. But, yeah, but going from there, we all meshed fairly well, didn't we? Uh yeah, that first Skype call was absolutely unbelievable. And then actually meeting at the convention. I'm trying to remember, did we actually meet on day zero or day yes, one? Yes, uh, we met on day zero because mm-hmm. uh, we helped you unload the truck. Yes, yes, that's right. Because we were waiting as we were like, oh, you're, we heard from you. We were like, okay, we're going to be there this in about this time. 
and we we were sitting waiting in the Sheraton lobby or something like that and you're like we're here and I'm like okay and we looked around and we saw you kind of come inside and you were standing in the line and I think we were friends on Facebook at the time I'm not really sure I'm but pretty sure we added each other at that point I think yeah. we I think we had to be because it was the only way we could talk to each other yeah yeah because then we were like okay and then somebody recognized somebody um or for some i think tyler got recognized because he has a mohawk um but for some reason we got all recognized or we heard the right voices and we kind of introduced each other and we came, exchanged hugs and and stuff like that and became quick friends did a little yeah. sensual yeah. touching <laughs> i'm going to go and correct that they were they were bro hugs they were very manly you know quick pat pat bro hugs they were there ain't Hoping no sense in here <laughs> okay, yes. Okay, Tyla admittedly did grope all of us, including the people that you hadn't met before on Skype calls, which was kind of interesting. Leg, legs went around. They did that pop. You know how legs do that pop? <laughs> the little kick. <laughs> but anyway, so we ended up going from there, and that year was ridiculous considering how much we had planned just from secondary talks. Yeah. Like, just emails that we had gone through. We were like, oh, my God, what the heck are we going to do? Are we going to be banned from soccer, ch- from from chess this very first year? What are we doing? Because I, I remember the first time I heard what we had did, and I'm like, oh, my God, are we really doing this? Yeah, just, just oh, for I, some perspective. I, I totally want to <laughs> just for some perspective for the people that haven't seen SakuraCon cosplay chess, generally speaking, any piece will get between one to maybe at the most three fights that happen uh, in the course of it before they get knocked out. Obviously, How many a little did bit we have six. Yeah, technically, <laughs> technically we had six moves that we went and did. So we had six fights, and we kind of had a seventh because we got dragged in for some really weird but really awesome bit at the end. Um, we'll be posting this uh, both online and uh, in audio file as well as on YouTube. Uh, on the YouTube link, I will go and uh, I will add some of those videos to the description below. Definitely. Uh, but in any case, though, we became really good friends at that point and became good, really, really had a blast just having fun and doing this. Mm-hmm. And then two years later, I get a, I get a text, uh, a message from Amanda, the, once again, the one who controls Cosplay Chess. And she asked me a very simple question. How did you guys meet Robert? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I don't know if we want to finish this story here. And I, yeah, and I and I said I said we didn't. You introduced us, and she's like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah, you put us together in Cosplay Chess. We had never known each other before that." And then she proceeded to go into full meltdown mode, going, "What?" She literally calls me out of the blue, like a minute after he sends that back, and it's like, "What the?" expletives for like a mile long <laughs> only time i've ever heard her curse <laughs> what do you mean you guys met because of me and i'm like i'm confused on what's going on here <laughs> i cannot even explain the level of confusion that i had at her just going and screaming at me through the phone and <laughs> i apologize but that was probably a very very fun moment but that's oh, it- essentially how we met though yeah what once the ringing in my ear stopped yes it was a very fun moment <laughs> But yeah, from there, we actually, that's how we all met. We all met by circumstance and by accident, really. It's kind of interesting. And we've been friends ever since. Yeah. Fate. Yeah, nope. Destiny. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no joke here. These guys are literally my best friends on the planet. I, they're, 
There's between uh-huh. six to nine of us, depending on how you count in the actual soccer range, uh, soccer rangers and ourselves. And I cannot emphasize on how important these guys are in my life. They're just the best. Oh, definitely. Oh, I'm man. glad that you, I'm, we, I'm teary eyed. Mm-hmm. I'm crying. I just give me a moment. It's no touching. He's going to start moaning in a minute, folks. I'm warning you now. Uh-huh. Okay, let's, before he, before, <laughs> while he fit, can compose with himself, let's move on to the next topic. Um, kind of upcoming cons that are going on, and also some that are going on right now during our recording. Um, the most common one that we all know about, since we all, all have friends that are tuning, are NewCon, which I do believe is being held in, where is it here? I have it on my list. NewCon is being held in Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon. For this weekend until the 17th, so until tomorrow. Uh, but for the next, over the next, until the end of the month, actually, between the 22nd all the way out to the 30th and 31st, we have 11 different cons going on. We have one in Edmonton, Edmonton, Alberta, one in Illinois, one in Baltimore, one in Quebec, one in, uh, one in Orlando, Florida, one in San Diego, one in La Cruces, one in Victoria, and another one in Ontario, Canada, one in Toronto, and one in Knoxville, and one in Chicago as well. So um, so there's a lot of different cons going on at this point, and it's ridiculous how, when you actually look at this list, like just how many cons go on throughout the year. Well, there's tons of small cons, too, that happen. Oh, yeah, totally, and they're not even on this list, maybe. Yeah. Like, this doesn't just show what size of these cons are. It's mostly all just like the size of like just any con, I guess. But some of these are huge. Some of these are small. Some of these are barely 30 people. Barely 30 people con? Well, at the, well, brand new cons, I mean. I guess. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, you start. Yeah, I don't know. It's ones like that that like they start somewhere and then they either flourish or they don't. Indeed. Yeah. Well, well, let's just look at Soccer Con. It started off as Baca Con and they only had – I think the official register had 212 people, if I remember correctly, on there. That was, in, a, uh, that was a hotel hotel ballroom, wasn't it? I, I think so, yeah, at that point. Um, back when I first started going to conventions, actually, my first one was the last year the Soccer Con was being done at a hotel, and it actually spanned two. It was at the uh, SeaTac uh, Marriott Hotel and the SeaTac Hilton. They were not even across the street from each other. They were, like, up a hill from each other. The thing had gotten so big. Dang. Yeah. And then the following year, they went to the convention center. And do you want to talk about sensory overload? Try going from a hotel con to that without yeah. having anything in between. Oh, definitely. The first two experiences, oh, my God. I lost it. I also have a really horrible story about a hot tub experience there that we'll save for another podcast. Definitely, we'll save that for another podcast. But, yeah, that was actually both me and Tyler's first con as well. Like, we didn't go from a small, like, hotel con. We went straight for the big time. Because we don't, we don't have anything here. Definitely. Like, we well, we could now. go to Calgary. Like there was the yeah. cons in Calgary, the anime cons in Calgary, and stuff like that, or in Edmonton, Alberta. But we never really set our eyes on those until later. Yeah, um, like how it goes here is there, there, this, there's just not a lot going on here. We've had two cons in our city kind of happen. Uh, like right now, one con it's in like its third or fourth year. And it's already starting to get really big, but that's because third year, third year, it's third year. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's because it's already, it's first year was 
Well, it was just, it was done well. Uh, like the guys who programmed it and did anything happen with it, it, it was done well. And immediately, um, there's now the Fan Expo group, which has Fan Expo, Calgary, Edmonton, uh, Saskatoon. I think there's one in Regina or something like that. Mm-hmm. So basically, they have all those cons under their thing. So, and they have a huge like board that will, and a lot bigger structure and money base. Yeah. So that's why that one all of a sudden just like popped up really big and has been doubling in size every year. Yeah, um, this is this will be coming up this year in 2016 will be their fourth year. Because we, we had another one. Um, I can't remember the name of it. Blitz? Yes. The very um, first, yeah, that was done by a bunch of uh, high school students, actually. That was actually done by the local anime clubs. And they set that up and it did well. Like for what for what they had, and then it got bigger, and there were issues. But we'll talk about kind of that in a little bit later in the program when we talk about con culture. Sure, sure, sure. But anyway, going on to we can actually get actual uh, big things in cosplay and stuff like that. We've actually been this will be a kind of like a upcoming thing that we will do. But there's a lot of stuff that are coming in. When it comes to costumes, mostly it is all focused around the most popular TV show, the show at the time, or stuff like that. You know what I, um, so what do you guys think? What, uh, what everything big things mainstream? Yeah, exactly. It's like, what big things in cosplay are, are going on right now? I can already tell you, I was at a Joanne Fabrics earlier today, and there were... The fabric uh, store, I'm assuming. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know what Joanne Fabrics is called? No. Oh, jeez. I know Fabricland. Oh, I guess that's our version of theirs. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. Mm-hmm. How do you like that, folks? You're getting more stuff than we thought you were going to get, actually, here. <laughs> here, you're gaining knowledge. You're going and <laughs> seeing a cross-cultural community coming together and all the places that we go shopping to and try to go and fill our needs in the last 24 hours before con. Mm-hmm. So, yep. anyway, <laughs> was that Joanne Fabrics earlier? We were picking up some stuff, actually, for my niece's costume, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't think I can disclose at this time. But, uh, <laughs> well... Yes, yes, it is. At least in her mind, it is. But anyway, pretty much everybody else has done it. But while I was there, there were two other people buying costumes or buying uh, fabric for costumes for uh, Undertale. So yeah, it's coming. Oh no, that's going to be the big one. Thinking Undertale, I I I've watched it get played a couple times. It's not something that I would get into personally, but it seems interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that last night. Oh uh, yeah, yep. I remember you. See, I saw that message on Facebook. But yeah, um, other big things probably. I don't think there's been any big new cons coming around lately. Mostly just the big ones. Uh, Pax, what was it? Pax South is coming up within the next few weeks. Yep. Um, that is going to be huge. I think this is coming up in their second year that they've done Pax South. I believe so. Yeah, I think this is the second year for Pax South. I have no idea on Pax East. <laughs> yeah, I remember from Pax East has been going for a long, long time. Not as long as Prime, but still. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Pax South the second year. Last year was, from what I've heard, hugely successful. So uh, what was what what was done? Lots of partying, lots of attendees. I wasn't sure if they sold out all their tic- their passes or not, but they got dang close, from what I heard. Yeah, I can't imagine they didn't. I mean, it was a pretty inexpensive uh, convention just because of the location and all that stuff that they were uh, managed to do it through. We should actually go and ask uh, Christy, our Pink Ranger, about that the next time we do one of these podcasts. Yeah, that's one of her. That she went to that last year, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, she did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she wouldn't stop talking about it for like a month afterwards. Yeah, I remember. Like, she okay, had... I get it. <laughs> yeah, I remember. She said that it was a lot of fun. 
Um, going on from there, um, there's not a lot of big conventions, like huge, huge ones that I'm remembering that are coming off the top of my head, either comic book-esque or stuff like that. Um, and of course, guest lists and stuff like that. I'm not even sure what the SoccerCon guest lists are. I don't really pay much attention to them anymore. But some of them are quite interesting sometimes with who they are able to convince to come visit. Yep. But anyway, moving on to the next slide, we're actually going to um, get into Whoop, sorry. That's actually something I want to bring up. Uh, what do you go to cons for? That is a very good question, actually. Uh, what do you go to cons for? Um, the very first year that I went to con, it was more kind of exploratory. I was like, I want to see what this whole thing is about. Because I remember the very first year, we went to a few panels. We went. That's pretty much all we did. We went to different panels. We kind of walked around. We took pictures, kind of just enjoyed ourselves. And then from there, it just seemed to change into, okay, we're here for cosplay chess. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or for improv stuff or for this or for this. Like. It came it came down to cosplaying and walking around, shopping, getting our pictures taken and having fun and doing cosplay chess instead of going there for panels. Like for me, okay. So a big thing for me is I enjoy cosplaying. I enjoy making costumes. And so, props. Props, mainly props. So it's it's that of like walking around with your prop. And then you just have people like commenting or taking pictures of it or and all that stuff. So I just I like to walk around in costume. That's that's kind of why I went to con. Um, so I don't like when I hear that there's like special guests or something. Uh, it's like I always get asked that. It's like, oh, did you go see this person? And I was like, oh no, I I didn't. I was. Sometimes we don't even know that they're there. Yeah. Like I, I don't, don't even remember the last time we went to the opening ceremonies of the of, of the con. Actually, to be totally honest, not since yeah. you met me. <laughs> see, that's another thing. It's like. When I get asked when I'm going to con, like my other con going friends are like, oh, who are you going to go see there? Like, who's going to that con? It's like, well, I, I, I don't know. I, Our friends are go. going. Yeah. I'm, that's that's another thing. That's what's become a big thing now is we just kind of hang out with friends we haven't seen in a year. Like, that's even more of it now. Like, even walking around isn't being a thing because we're too busy going out for food or just kind of hanging out. Like the amount of time that we just sat sitting in the in the hotel room, like when there's other events going on, we're like, oh yeah, there's that's going on. Okay, uh, what? Why isn't your guy winning on the Xbox? Like, <laughs> or or on Wii? Like it was ridiculous. I remember we spent an hour watching two um, con- computer controlled characters fight on the on the screen. Oh yeah, battling me boats. Yeah, me boats. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> oh, God, like, that was nuts. Um, because I want to bring up, yeah, that's that's the thing. Like uh, I've got a friend that what he does is he. He's either working the cons that are here, or he's uh, going to the cons to see people. He likes to go and see people, mm-hmm. see who the guest stars are, and that's what that's what cons are for him. So, yeah. like, a con, what will make or break a con is like, oh, this person's going to this con, I'm going to go to the con to go see them. And if he doesn't like any of the special guests, he won't go. Exactly. Um, <laughs> like, that's why he's, he talks about, like, other cons that would still be good. Um, but he's like, oh, this person's not there. This person dropped out. So it's like, I don't want to go to that because I don't want, that's what he does it for. He goes to see people. Um, I've got other friends. They're there for panels. They want to see people talk, I guess, which mm-hmm. is same kind of concept. Um, seeing the guest stars and having their panels, which is always great. Cause you get to hear some really interesting stories from the guest stars that they have come to those. Oh yeah, definitely. For a good example, actually from, uh, the con that we were just um, here in town, actually, the, the what was it, the Fan Expo. Yeah. Um, Billy Boyd, who also known as Pippin, 
from Lord of the Rings was actually here. Oh, he is so funny. He was extremely funny. He kept making references to the fact that he had been to Regina before, which is the capital of Saskatchewan, and how that he had spent more time looking up at the, up at the, up at the sky because he kept falling on his ass because the ice was so slippery. <laughs> yeah, and man, he brought his band here, and then his band played. Yeah, it was cool. Sold out the one of the local, the the university po- um, club. Yeah, the bar. And then we had uh, William Shatner, and he talked, and it was interesting. Mm-hmm. I unfortunately missed the William Shatner panel because I was getting a tattoo at the time. Mm. Just out of curiosity, which uh, which tattoo is that that you got there? Let's uh, let's let the people at home decide whether or not it was worth it. Um, that was the green the Green Ranger power coin. Um, I got it. A lot, I've actually talked to this a lot of people. I was like, "What is that?" I was like, "That's a Green Ranger power coin from 1991 to 93." And they're like, "Oh." Okay, you wanted that on your arm for life? I'm like, yeah, there's other reasons why I got this. And the main reason I got it uh, was more to the fact that because of this one costume that I had, all of a sudden I went from having one friend that came went with me to a con, I now have 20. You have 20 friends? That I go to this con with, that I met oh. because of that one costume. I'm getting kind of teary-eyed right now hearing this. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse well, me, I need to go to a tattoo parlor and go and get something tattooed somewhere on me. Well, that's on your forearm, something nerdy. I've got my Digimon tattoo. <laughs> they always ask me about it. I was like, what's that? What's, what's that? It say? It's what's like it a weird say? language because um, it's like the Digicode language. And they're like, oh, what does that say? I'm like, it says Digimon. I'm like, what's that? Uh, it's a it's a cartoon. And they're like, oh, okay. And they just they they look flabbergasted. That like, this is Digicode that says Digimon in Digicode. It's from the cartoon. And then that that's the end of that conversation. And then they walk away. Or they were like, okay, back away slowly. <laughs> yeah, and they just kind of, they got no, nowhere to go from there. Definitely. Only I'll one time, some... one time a guy yelled out. He's like, is that say, does that say Digimon? I was like, yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> one time out of 50. <laughs> Um, it, it, and I knew when I like, okay, this was at a booth. This is a guy that owns a booth and what he specializes in is like laser engraving and cutting <laughs> things. And so he actually has a bunch of Digimon stuff. And <laughs> I knew when I walked by this booth, I know this guy is going to recognize my thing. And he did. And so I was just like, okay, that's the one guy I knew who would recognize this tattoo. And he did. And he did. That's it. I'm good. I got no one else. If someone says they recognize this tattoo, then I'm gonna I it's, I'm gonna lose my mind. Um, going on from there, um, let's see here. Um, where were we on the topic list? Like, oh yeah, we were talking about cons and and uh, what brings us to them. Um, what about you, Robert? I, things have really evolved for me, honestly. Going, but like you've this. been going for seven years, right? Well, the longer than that well, now. Yeah, I'm, but I'm at the actually, point we met you was seven. Oh yes. Yeah. I can't remember if it was seven or eight years at that point. It's something like that. Had The first year that I went to the thing, I will fully admit I was a junior in high school and I was purely going there because there was this girl I liked and she was going. I will fully admit that was my entire reason for going there. I liked anime. There was plenty of good things about it, but I, I was that guy. I was the one that was never going to have a chance with this girl, but still tried anyway. Aww. Eh, you know, honestly, it worked out because uh, she she got a little weird after high school, and I'm uh, I'm glad nothing ever came of that because I'm pretty sure she would have dragged me down with her. I've done uh, I've seen that that happen. Anyway, yeah, I was still but, getting anime at that time. Yeah, <laughs> I was just starting at that point. I think I I 
I'm an old man. I, I remember when Sailor Moon was first airing with Deke as the, uh, as the dubbing group for it. And it was horrible, but I loved it anyway when I was five or six years old at my grandmother's place. Cause that was the only place I could ever see it. It was not being broadcast on any of the channels we had back in California when I was living there. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that, that was my first experience and it just grew from there into Dragon Ball Z and then on to uh, Pokemon really started uh, getting me into it seriously. It's like, okay, I can recognize that there's a difference between American animation and the Japanese stuff. Okay. Then Digimon came out, blew my mind. And then just from oh. there, it's been a snowball effect but on yeah, and so, on and on. So in other words, it started with that girl's going, I'm going to go too. to exactly. What, is then, it, what did it kind of morph, morph into that kept you coming? Okay. So after that first year, cause I completely fell in love with that first, soccer con for me that hotel convention and i had bought a costume going into that uh kakashi was actually my first costume naruto hadn't come to the u.s i think it was only like two manga volumes that had been published in the u.s at that it's point it's funny that you say that considering we both know uh, all three of us know an amazing kakashi player cosplayer so <laughs> yeah yeah definitely and it's, it's I went and saw what people were making and was asking on how people were doing things. The next year, I actually sewed my first costume. I went and did Ichigo from Bleach, and I think the only one volume of the manga was out at that point in the U.S. Um, went and made my first prop, which was uh, Zongetsu, um, which I still actually have on my wall over here. Um, and it's just made out of duct tape and cardboard and a PVC pipe for the handle on there. Here. Um, so I really wanted to go and try to... I was always somebody that liked to go and push myself. So I just wanted to keep making better costumes and better props. And that was a big motivator. And then I started getting into, oh, hey, there's actual celebrities to go to these things. Because my first couple of years, I never thought anything about guest lists or anything like that. And it's like, okay, I, I really would like to go and meet this voice actor. He really brought me into this character or a couple of times musical acts. Um, I've got a horrible story about a bassist hitting me in the head. I'm not going to bore anybody with that story right now. Well, save that for another time definitely um but earlier in the podcast i mentioned that before i met you guys i really wasn't planning on cosplaying anymore i wasn't planning on going back to cons because i'll be honest i kind of lost interest the guests weren't really going and appealing to me not that they weren't good guests it's just i'd kind of grown out of that idol worship phase and i'd hit pretty good apex in terms of costume design i'd made some nice stuff and some really great props that actually won a couple of competitions for prop design but there just wasn't anything drawing me into it anymore. And then I met you guys and we did cosplay chess. And now I'm completely back into it because I love putting on, I love putting on panels. I love entertaining people the same way that I was when I first started. So mm -hmm. for me, it's evolved from I'm going after this girl to I want to make friends. people laugh. I want to make people smile. With I want to go friends. and entertain exactly with my friends. It's uh that's what keeps me coming back. Honestly, it's I want to go and see you guys. I want to make people happy. I'm... That's kind of what it's turned into both for me anyway, as well. Yeah. No, yeah, I can relate to that because now I I really like like making skits and and Before. doing all that action stuff or doing funny stuff for the cosplay chess. It's just because like it, it gives me a chance to kind of express like, hey, I think I'm funny. Let's see if other people think I'm funny too. I'm gonna do some stuff, and then you just you throw some stuff out there and see what sticks, and then kind of have to gauge your crowd. And it's it's it is definitely something really neat to do that. It it feels like uh like like you're directing or writing a play or something or a movie. And but that final just, feeling too. Uh yeah, you're doing it all live. You live live theater. It's like live theater, and mm -hmm. 
it, it that's really appealing to me because you you just go out there and you 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 act and you express yourself and you 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 write jokes or or do some action stuff you think people will enjoy and then you go out there and you do it and and if they like it then that's that's great sometimes people don't like it some which is which is bad which is, that's just terrible because it really hurts your self-esteem but when they do boy does that make your ego grow yeah because i remember that very first year we were like is this going to be funny and we started going at it and i remember the first time we morphed on stage and oh my god that feeling like i, I for our for our listeners the way that we did it is that i was staying off stage i was staying hidden the, as the green ranger because i had this huge shield on my shoulders that i needed a poncho to hide and it was ridiculous and the guys were all wearing their normal clothes and we were like how should we morph on stage like, how would we do that it was like let's do rip away clothes yeah <laughs> that's the thing it's like you just it, it's so easy to come up with a crazy idea and then i love the part where you come up with a crazy idea and you work back from there exactly. so you start crazy and then you figure out how to make that real so we were just we just dressed up as like power that's where we're assumed to be but then it was like, well, we can morph. We can just use tearaway clothes and just do this thing. And then step after step, all of a sudden, we have morphed clothes. And I remember, yeah, you know, like, I also, I, I want to say, like, the first time I did it, people... We recorded it. <laughs> people didn't know what we were. I, I knew that for sure. We just stood out there, and we were just kind of weird. People uh, were I know, confused. It was kind of interesting. We're literally in civilian clothes. I mean, no joke here. We were out on the chessboard with all these really elaborate costumes and armors and all that kind of stuff. Nobody had any idea into who the heck we were. And, and literally the, in the script, we were to, like, we told them, "Do not tell us. We tell them what we are. Say that we're just some kids with attitude." Yeah, which is like, if you know the Power Rangers, that's that's a call to that. So if you know the inside joke, that's good. But like, even then, I wanted us for our morphing clothes to pick like the most bland. Uh, yeah, like I got myself like a sweater vest thing, like a sweater and with like khaki pants. I was like, I want to look as as Boy, posh, awesome. as generic as possible. So that and like I remember the first time we morphed, we was like, it's morphing time. And we go out there and we just rip everything off. The oh, cheers. Like, oh, my God. It got so loud in there because like you, you don't see that happening you, it, it's just it's a crazy transformation and you do it quick and it's just yeah and then you guys morphed and then 30 seconds later i come running off wearing this pink kimono thing with a hat on my head trying to figure out it was like uh, and pretending that i've been out drinking and i'm like and, uh, and this just this whole joke because we didn't have a pink ranger at that point and because I was, I was like, I haven't, I haven't had a date since I haven't had gotten laid since uh, Kim left, and something like that. I was like, oh, we've morphed already. Oh, okay. And I threw this thing off, and I literally ripped my, the ripped the jeans that I had off, and I threw them over my shoulder. It wasn't until later that we realized that I could, we didn't find those pants again. They were uh, gone. They hit the ceiling and were gone. Yeah, they hit the ceiling. I yeah, because like we originally designed. I didn't find that out until about a year later that they actually hit the ceiling. Um, we had a poncho for you and pants, but then uh, the poncho never made it. It got forgotten, so we just you just had a pair of pants. Yeah. And so we mm -hmm. just borrowed a costume from a friend of ours. Yeah. Who is now a Yellow Ranger. Yep. <laughs> that poor bastard. Um, that's that's another talk we can talk about our Yellow Ranger and where that all came from. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because like you had those pants, you ripped those pants off. They flew up in the air. They hit a light. And people and cheered. They were gone. That, 
I swear we had seismic activity. Actually, I do have confirmation there was seismic activity that night, but we can't confirm that it was from that. <laughs> Parker, who was uh, one of our friends that was there and trying to videotape the thing on his phone, and it just didn't work out. Thankfully, somebody else had some really good video of it. Um, he actually looked up a year or so later, because um, we've, we've had some earthquake situations go on here in Seattle because of the Seahawks and the ridiculously loud crowd that we have. Uh, he decided to go and see. I wonder if SoccerCon's ever had something like that. And he did find something that registered like a 1.2 on the Richter scale the night that we were doing that. At around the time we were doing that. So as far as I'm concerned, we caused a little earthquake with him ripping off his pants. That's <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, that, that's just the fun. And, and then the night just got better, just the stupid, the funniness that we did. And that, that charges. And I remember the night after we finished that, we stayed up for hours just talking about it. And we were like, oh my God, that was amazing. So high on adrenaline, though. Oh God. Yeah. It was hard to sleep that night. <laughs> I, well, we almost didn't. I mean, that, really... was later. that was a year later. That was the next year. Oh, you're right. You're right. But yeah, but we did that, and that was literally our first con experience with as a as a group of friends. Yeah. But yeah, but at the same time, we're getting back into con culture, though. A lot of things affect cons and the experiences of people. Like, of course, there's those people that work like like months and days, and like just so much time is put into these costumes, and you look at them and you're like, how the hell did you make that? Like, I've seen a beautiful Zelda costume that was, like, individual pieces that was hand-sewn, and it was beautiful. And I've seen a Ganondorf that was just as amazing. With, or, or, like, one of my favorites, actually, was a Two-Face from that very first year. He had done his own um, face makeup with, uh, like, with, with, um, with kind of, like, just, like, rubberized burns that he covered his enti- entire half of his face. And it was just beautifully done. But but then there's other stuff like, but then of course there's those some things that kind of get in the way of having a good con. Mm. Oh yeah, like like for example, um, back in the day, like like it's a good a good way of saying it is like con overload, mm-hmm. which is what I like to call. Um, when a a big, huge something something can become super, super popular, Very and then every but yeah, mainstream, and then everybody's like, I can do that, and then like, they make uh, a costume. Like for example, Naruto. For example, uh, might be Kylo Ren this year. Oh, oh God. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people like Kylo Ren is another one that's definitely probably going to happen. Um, Homestuck is another one that has gotten quite big, and I think it's actually been reduced a little bit. But at the same time, it's still quite popular. Yeah, like now, home. What was is... that other one with the countries? What was it called? Oh, Italia. Oh, Italia. Italia. There we go. Yeah. That's another big one that's usually huge. Yeah. Before that, you had uh, Death Note and Our on Host Club, and I, I gotta go and say, and just to clarify here, folks, because some people, the second you bring up this subject, people stop listening. We're not going after the fandoms themselves. Oh no. When we, we're going and saying this, because. Like sure, we may not like the, the, that particular anime or something like that, but that's just personal preference. Like no, we're not but, saying it's like this. This thing is horrible. No, it just it kind of reduces the way. Like like sure, they're like it's kind of cool to see like oh that guy's Naruto costume is really cool. Oh that Homestuck costume is really really good. But it's when you see it every thirty feet that gets kind of annoying. Yeah, it it, it is an overload of it. Um, like because like 
that's the thing. Homestuck, uh, that, that's a big one where, like, I, I read Homestuck. I liked it. It, it had a whole bunch of, like, um, time travel and plots that, like, jumped apart from each other, and then they all went together. So it's a really, really interesting and good read, uh, Homestuck. But the problem is it's the people, it's the overload and some of the people that latch on to it. Um, yeah, that's actually a point that I would go and make there because I don't think necessarily something going mainstream and becoming very popular and having a lot of the content is necessarily the bad side of things. No, definitely not. It's that you get a couple of people that latch on to it and they become very obnoxious. It becomes about them versus the community sense that's around it. Um, we they'll get offended of and they'll get offended very, very easily. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, my first experience with this kind of thing was actually with uh, Full Metal Alchemist when the original series was going and running. Oh. Uh, there was there was some definite hostility towards some of the other fandoms because Bleach was just starting to catch on. It hadn't come to the U.S. or anything like that. I don't think it came to U.S. for another couple of years. But Full Metal Alchemist had already premiered here in the U.S. on uh, – trying to remember. Was that Adult Swim at that point? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was Adult Swim that premiered on here. Here, Forgive me, I have not researched this. This is just a thought that came into my head here as we're talking about it. Um, But there were some definite hostilities. um, Because for people that haven't been to a lot of these conventions, a lot of times there are... Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of times there's set photo shoot periods where uh, main courtyards or certain areas that are very picturesque and really good for large photo shoots, they'll be pre-scheduled ahead of time. And we had a situation where the bleach photo shoot, it was marked out for about a 45-minute period. And if I remember correctly, I believe it was even in the guidebook. They tried doing that, I think, that year. That's uh, when they first it, started, I think. Yeah, and they continued doing it ever since. Um, and that was great having that because everybody was really uh, having an easy time getting with it. The problem was about 15 minutes into the bleach photo shoot, uh, people from Full Metal Alchemist started going and lining up, and there was just so many of them. And it's not even that they outnumbered uh, the bleach uh, character roster that was out there. It just started turning into this mass, uh, this massive mob of people and a couple of people that were really getting everybody riled up and eventually having us pushed out of the way so that Full Metal Alchemist could go and take over and ended up with almost an hour and a half long photo shoot period. That almost turned really ugly. I actually thank a, uh, a con, uh, uh, con volunteer that was kind of overseeing the whole thing for actually finding a way to defuse the whole situation because things were getting a little hostile. There were some really obnoxious people in FMA that were, I hate to go and say this, they were really uh, antagonizing everybody at the bleach photo shoot because none of us left after we were pushed out of the way. Yeah. You know, we're just like, come on guys, what what the heck is going on here? And because things were getting a little bit hostile, there was this one volunteer and I've yet to see the guy since um, who went and made a suggestion. Why not just go and photo shoot together? You know, cosplay <laughs> battle, 30 seconds or 30 seconds, set yourself up with somebody else and just go and set up a still photo. And before we knew it, we had photographers that were just working their way through this crowd. And it was just very cool seeing how everybody was kind of working against each other. But there were still these people that were going and trying to get everybody riled up. It's like, no, this is our time. I don't care if it's not in the schedule. This is when we're going to do it. Um, And that one guy, actually, because everybody was having such a fun time with this particular photo shoot, this cosplay battle that ended up happening here, 
Uh, this one guy actually ended up getting dragged off, and I did not see or hear from him the rest of the convention. Uh, some of the green vests, as we refer to them, the actual or uh, green jackets, the uh, actual works for the convention yeah, staff. Yeah, the convention center staff actually ended up going and dragging him off, and I never saw him again after that. Hat um, probably had his badge taken away. I expect so. Oh, it's people like that who take things too far or too extreme, or they uh, do it purposely. Yeah, exactly. Those are the ones that are the problem. And there was an issue, and I'm not going to elaborate on this because I wasn't part of it, thankfully. Uh, there was an issue between a group of uh, Vancouver, Canada, because there's also a Vancouver, Washington as well. I've got to make this point here. Uh, contingent of Homestuck fans, as well as a general Washington State group that got into a little bit of a fight a couple of years ago at Emerald City Comic Con. And I think that's part of the reason why it's kind of died here a little bit more than other places. But there's people that get really defensive about their properties or their characters. And those are the people that really kill it for you. The ones that are overly enthusiastic about this, that, or the other thing. It happens in any fandom and you just tend to notice it more when it gets really mainstreamed and really popular. Yeah, definitely. So um, that's my, <laughs> you guys yeah, no, I'd like to bring no, up. No, no, yeah, brought it up perfectly. Uh, uh, bring up the psyches of people. Oh, definitely. The kind of, like the stereotypical kind of person that likes anime and video games and cartoons and going to conventions. Um, I'd say like majority of them are probably like awkward people, socially awkward. So going to conventions and all this, they're in a area that states totally They're Yeah. They're not, they're not making the choices. They, well, even then, like they probably wouldn't make social correct choices anytime. They're just not in those situations. And so they're, so they're thrown into situations where they just don't know what to do. And then you get that mob mentality where you have a bunch of people like that. And then they just latch on to someone who does something. And then it just, it happens mm. and things can go crazy. And it's kind of like a powder keg that can go off any moment. Um, and so it's, it's good to have people there that know how to control that kind of situation, because if not, it could result into very, very mob-like sensations of like things happening like that. It's it, it it's crazy how quickly things can go wrong in so many ways. Totally. Yeah. So that's it. That's it's just the kind of people that latch on to things like this that they they just don't know how to properly like express themselves. So they they do crazy things like that, and they're just kind of out of their way and. It, it just happens, and like that's that's the thing. The majority of people that are into all these topics are like that. So um, it's just crazy getting all those kind of people, <laughs> getting all those kind of people in one big room doesn't sound like a smart idea. Mm. Cons don't smell sound like a smart idea. No, yeah, but at the same time, it can. But while sure there are those ones that ruin it for the rest of it for a whole bunch of people, at the same time there can be the exact opposite is that one person can make their con or like and and it just all brings them out of their shell and it makes it, it makes them a better person in in total. See that's that's the thing that's the whole point. But that's another way that you can make it better though. Like that's how we can probably make it better. Just don't be an ass is the sense. But essentially. you're. You're 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 assuming people just automatically know how they do and don't be an ass. True. Some some the most people they just they don't know what they're doing. They're just doing it because they don't know what to do, so they just do something. Um, but that is that is the whole point of conventions. A convention 
be it like an anime convention, be it like a dental convention or something, like a bunch of dentists getting together. It's people in the same profession or group or something who don't normally see or talk with each other get together so they can meet, talk, make connections. And so when they go back to where they're from, they still have now these connections with these people that no other way in life, if they just went around their normal day-to-day, they never ever meet. Hence, why we now know each other, Rob and us and the other Power Rangers and all all those uh, uh, cosplay chess uh, applicants, is we, if we never actually like traveled to this convention, then we never would have met any of these people. We would have been continuing our day-to-day and lives would be drastically different. Oh, totally. Yep, I never would have met the guys with last names that I still can't pronounce. <laughs> but that is that is the point of a convention. Exactly. That's why these things exist is to make people meet. But yeah, and the, the best thing that we can do to help make like get over these problems and make the con better for everyone is essentially just try and lead by example. Is essentially what it is. Would you have to say? Would that would that make sense? Yeah, totally. I. Here's the thing. There's going back to all of our experiences with these things because I think anybody that's been to a convention has had that one person that's gone and ruined an experience or that one person that just ticked you off so you weren't able to appreciate something as much as maybe somebody else who saw things from a different side or uh, side of a room and whatnot. The best thing that we can go and do for ourselves is just always be that good guy that either stands up for somebody that's going and taking crap. Cause I will be honest here. There's a bit of a move going on right now. Uh, you're going and seeing this all over the, uh, all over the convention scene. Really you hear things like, uh, you know, no cost, uh, no cosplay bullying. Uh, cosplay is not consent. That was yeah. the big one right there. Yeah. That's, that's another big one. Cosplay uh, does not equal consent. Yeah. That's a definite big one. It's yeah. almost to the point of that becoming a meme. It, of how often that's said. Yeah, I, I will say, I think that uh, maybe the uh, the execution of the campaign could have been done a little bit better, but the messaging behind it is so good. And important. But, yeah, exactly, yeah, because I think we all have a friend. I think all of us have the same friend that's had a bad experience uh, because there's some people that just don't get it. Um, and unfortunately, we're not going to be able to stop all those guys. There's always going to be somebody that either doesn't know how things work or just makes the assumption for whatever reason that they can go and do something. And the best thing that we can go and do to make things better isn't just awareness. We need to be willing to go and step up and back each other. When we see something like that going on, even if we're not sure what it is, sometimes just going and walking up, if you think you see something going on and just saying, hey, everything going okay over here? Sometimes it's just... Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially if that friend that you're there, like, for example, if you see a friend that seems a bit uncomfortable and you walk over and say, hey, how's it going? And they latch onto you, you probably figured out that something's going on. They latch onto you. Like, I mean, I mean, like, in that, such a way, like, you know what, like, and not, I meant, like, they, like, they try, they get them away, themselves away from that. They use you as an excuse. Are you saying from personal experience or something? No, 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 no. I, no, I, not from personal experience. But I meant like, well, I have noticed like I have like a couple times before of like just people just kind of like okay, they're, they're feeling a little bit uncomfortable with the situation or something like that, and they're like okay, and then they see a friend is like I'm sorry, I gotta go. This is my friend's over here, and they go and they use that friend as an excuse. 
Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you know what I'm talking about, right, Robert? I, I have actually, I hate to go and say this. I have been in the situation more than once. There's actually two great experiences I had with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause one of them was actually with a friend. Um, we were at the same convention together and we had made plans to go and hang out throughout the course of the weekend. And we just weren't managing to mesh up. And I ended up going and seeing her and I thought things were a little bit weird because she was kind of up in a corner and there was this guy that was really just right on top of her. And there wasn't anything audible that I could go and hear. I was across the room, but it's like, something's not right here. She never lets herself get backed into a corner. So I just walked up. It was like, Hey, how's it going over here? And she literally just goes and jumps into my arms and ends up doing the most amazing bullshit line ever. Oh, honey, you made it. I was wondering when you were going to get here. Like, oh. oh, hey, sweetie. And she literally goes and plants a kiss on my cheek. And I'm like, okay, how bad must it be for her to be doing this? Because <laughs> I will be honest here, this friend of mine, stone cold gay. There was nothing that was ever going to go and happen between me and her. So it's like, okay. Wow. Something that, that, here. That's something right there. Yeah, no, I, I will admit that's one of my most proud moments. Because that guy, just without even saying a word, just goes and walks away. See, that's exactly what I meant. Yeah, no, and that's that's definitely something. And I've actually made a friend uh, going into one of those situations because I could actually tell there was some harassment going on here. Uh, But it was in the middle of the exhibition hall. And it's like, okay, let's see if I can diffuse this without turning this into a situation. And I just go and uh, walk up because I can go and see this guy. I'm not sure exactly what he's trying to go and do, but I'm hearing enough in commentary. And I will not repeat that here because there were some very vile things that were being said. And I just walked up behind her, went and grabbed her arm in mine. It's like, oh, honey, sorry, I lost you. Shouldn't we get out of here? And she was just nodding at me, yes, and walked away. And we ended up going down to, there's a little pizzeria outside of uh, the Seattle Convention Center. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, no, not that one. And, uh, Mod Pizza uh, oh, yeah, uh, off of 6th Avenue. Ah, so, Mod Pizza. Yeah, so we ended up going down there, and that was my first experience at Mods, and it was getting to know this person that I guess the guy that was going after her was just a nasty stalker that she's been dealing with, and apparently that was the thing that got through, because I gave her my phone number, we were texting throughout the course of the convention, and I guess she saw him a couple of times, but he never came up to her ever again after that. That's good. So, yeah, it's not that you need to be confrontational. It's not that you need to go after these guys. But sometimes just showing support to people very rarely does it ever end up the way that my two experiences there have happened. I've been in a lot of other ones where it's just been uh, more niceties and just letting somebody know that, yeah, you can't get away with this stuff. And that's enough to break a lot of these guys' spirits. Just one bad experience for them is enough to to stop all this stuff. So Especially if you snap them out of it right away. Exactly. Anything to input, Tyler? I got nothing. <laughs> I, I, uh, how does it go? Growing up, I was probably socially awkward. I but I just, was. I got so, so socially awkward that I just, I stopped caring. <laughs> and now I, I don't find myself in weird situations like that. Like I, I, um, it's almost like, like I did a full, just like I went so low went that I just... zero and you made your way back up to the top. Yeah. <laughs> and so it makes me, I'm I'm now considered a really weird person, but like I'm socially, I, I, I'm very charismatic because of it, because I can just be weird, have comedic timing, make jokes, 
be able to assess the situation and just kind of know how to kind of make it less intense. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it, it, it uh, it's like, oh, how do I explain that? Um, yeah, because like I know how it is to be weird, and so I can relate to that because I am weird, and I just I just be weird, and then that seems to change things where people go, oh, this guy's pretty cool. He he's had he has fun, doesn't really have cares, doesn't worry about things like that, and that seems to kind of make people relax, I guess. Mm-hmm. True, but at the same time, though, that that you you would also be able to notice if something like like with Robert, like with with what Robert had, like if you did that, you'd probably be able to notice that now. I guess, um, but sometimes there's so many things going on that I can easily miss stuff. Like I, I'm a pretty observant person. I've been told that, so I normally notice things. Uh, but tw- fifteen thousand people kind of gets in. Yeah. Yeah. When you when there's that much to notice, then you're noticing too much stuff, and then it all just becomes background. Uh, yeah, because it, it's too hard to focus because you're you're intaking too much stuff. Oh, totally. And so then you kind of like get rid of you make your priorities. Uh, so I could easily walk around, and I don't know. I, I notice everyone's costumes. I can point them all out and be like, oh, I know that's for this person, that's from this person. But unless I'm actually focusing on them, then I don't think I would notice if they're like doing something that was um, inappropriate. Yeah. Unless they're making a big thing about it. Yeah. Cause like, even then I don't, I don't try to make a big thing about it cause I'm weird. So I do, I have antics. I do things. No, I meant, I meant that if they were making a big deal of it and then that's how you noticed. No. Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. But here, let me, uh, like I, I do weird things. I have antics. So when someone does something weird, I don't really point that out because I'm like, well, I would do that too. So why should I notice, point that out to someone else? Like, oh, that person's doing this thing. I was like, well, I do that too. So it's not exactly something out of the ordinary for me. But at the same so, time, though, you, I, knowing you, you wouldn't be Mr. Creepy and do such such a thing, though. Oh no. Well, I don't know. <laughs> it is <laughs> true, but then you also have a bunch of friends around here that would go, ah, uh, no, <laughs> no, yep. there you go. Oh yes. For the record, Tyler. Those people. For the record, Tyler. If you start hitting on me again, I swear to God, I will punch you in the face. Well, that's just a different kind of hitting, though. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you said to Dane as well after you kissed him the second time? Oh God damn it! it was, uh, once, once that happened, it was for a stage show. Okay, that, it was that the happened. second time was with us as well, and it was also for a stage show. Yeah. How no, many people have you kissed, Cole? Do you really want to know? <laughs> Considering I've gotten out alive twice from someone I probably shouldn't have. You've gotten out alive? Okay, hold on. we got to stop this here right now. There's some clarifications that need to be made. I've done a couple of stage shows with Organization 13 characters, and both times, these were improv shows, I found myself in a situation on where my character, Zaldin, has been forced to go and kiss somebody else. And I'm almost very constructed to that. I did the first time around. I do fully believe the girl set it up in place of that being there. The second time around, it just kind of happened organically. So I, well, you were, you were pushed into it by, by uh, helpful audience members. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Our puppeteer sketch. <laughs> You've seen whose line is it anyway. You can imagine on how puppeteer can go and turn into that hat. So the most heterosexual guy 
in the Sakura Rangers has ended up going kissing more men than women in the last two years, and it's driving me absolutely nuts. <laughs> That's funny. It's literally killing me. He, and as for what Cole's talking about, having kissed somebody uh, twice and somehow managing to go and survive it, I don't think we're going to say any names here, but honestly, no, God. But he, no, it was, no, it, what, it was all both accidental, and it was completely like, like, I, like, I don't even real, know how it happened. Our faces went in the wrong direction at the wrong time, and all of a sudden, lips met, and then like, wait a second, what just happened? And it happened more than once. Yeah, it happened twice. It actually happened once one year, and then once again the next year. Uh, I wonder if it's going to happen last day of con. <laughs> yeah, uh, if she's if that particular person is listening, I pray that it does that it does not accidentally happen again. I apologize. Don't bring it up. I'm only going to bring it up now. Oh fuck! Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Are they going to get all again this yeah. year or what? <laughs> moving yeah. on. Uh, the betting poll is open, by the way. So oh, if anybody wants to go and get in. Oh. On- 